The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. Coronavirus. So many questions. In this episode, we look at what coronavirus actually is, where it came from, the broader implications, and how people are being protected. Squiz Shortcuts is your shortcut to more than the headlines. I'm Kate Watson. And I'm Claire Kimball. First things first, coronavirus is actually the term used for a group of viruses, Claire. Those range from the common cold to serious respiratory illnesses such as severe acute respiratory syndrome, that's SARS, and now the new strain of virus called 2019-9-COV. <laughs> we won't refer to it as that. Where do coronaviruses originate from? They're found in wild animals, uh, including mammals and birds, but trans mission of the illness from animals to humans is very rare uh, and it happens when the virus mutates. The prime conditions for a virus to mutate and intensify uh, are when wild animals are packed together in crowded and unhygienic conditions. Which is why live animal markets in China were the source of the SARS outbreak as well as the new coronavirus outbreak. Yeah, and most of the coronavirus initial cases were found in workers or visitors to a fish market in Wuhan, China, uh, where a number of wild animals were known to be sold. Scientists believe that this outbreak started with bats and it was then passed on to another animal that was sold at that market and then it was passed on to humans. So after it mutated a couple of times, that virus was first passed on from an infected animal to a person there. It mutated again, spreading from human to human, eventually affecting people who didn't even go to that market. And this live animal market in particular is actually illegal in China. It is. And it's one of those sort of secrets in the back of China that they do operate, even though more broadly, they are illegal. Now, but before we look at this most recent coronavirus in more detail, let's look at how bad it actually is. Experts are saying this strain of coronavirus is more infectious but less severe than the SARS epidemic of 2002-03. And by less serious, what they actually mean is the mortality rate of this coronavirus is lower. SARS saw 8,098 reported cases and 774 deaths, uh, according to the World Health Organization, which means that the virus killed roughly 10% of those who are infected. By comparison, this coronavirus has recorded a 1% to 2% mortality rate to date, Uh, but there's other measures of how serious it is, like the impact on the economy, and all of that remains to be seen. We'll get stuck into that a bit later. Let's get on to what's being done since the outbreak began. The first case of this new coronavirus in a human was detected back on the 12th of December 2019. It wasn't until the 31st of December that health authorities in Wuhan announced they were investigating 27 cases of what they thought at the time was a SARS-related viral pneumonia, and then they notified the World Health Organization. More on them in a sec. What other steps has China taken since the outbreak? China's President Xi Jinping says that responding to this uh, is the country's top priority at the moment. Um, China has banned the sale of wildlife across the country and has put 56 million people living in about 20 cities around Wuhan in lockdown by blocking roads, stopping flights and trains in and out of that region. And that's to help stop the spread of the virus. On a side note, they're being very efficient in a way that only a country with a population of over a billion can. They're building two new hospitals in a matter of days. 
It's a phenomenal thing to see. One of the questions that does come up, though, is just how trusting we are of the information China is providing. So initially, experts were very sceptical of the numbers that were coming out of China. There's lots of memories about what happened during the SARS outbreak when China was far from transparent about the numbers then. But during this crisis, it seems that as time has gone on and the scale has increased, there's a sense that China is being more transparent about it. Uh, And the World Health Organization has broadly praised China's handling of it. There's still sceptics out there, of course. Well, that brings us to the World Health Organization. What role do they play in a crisis like this? The WHO is a United Nations agency. It's concerned with international public health. With outbreaks of disease and infection like this one, they have the ability to call a global emergency, uh, which means that it can put into place a coordinated international response. And that includes measures to control the global spread of the virus, steps like limiting travel and also screening at airports. And that is exactly what they've done. They've called that global health emergency. Regardless of what the World or Health Organisation does. Countries, businesses and people around the world are, of course, already taking action. Let's have a look now at the measures being taken outside of China. One of the first things that started happening when coronavirus started to become an international threat was the screening of anyone travelling from the region. The US and Australia were two of the first nations to start screening people coming off flights from Wuhan, and then it was from flights from mainland China. Mm. Uh, that's done via a non-contact thermometer to detect fever. If you see the pictures of someone putting yeah. a, you know, sort of like looks like a scanner from the supermarket up against people's heads, they're looking for fever. That's what that is. Yeah. Gotcha. Officials are also looking for passengers who have a cough or shortness of breath and travellers are asked to complete a questionnaire on what symptoms they might have, Mm. uh, what sort of travel they've undertaken and their contact information. And then the next step, of course, is to quarantine people. For people who have symptoms, they're put into isolation for a couple of weeks. Mm. Uh, The trick is that doctors have found that coronavirus uh, can be transmitted before a patient has symptoms. Not ideal. So, yeah, that's why they have to just shut themselves away or go into a hospital or a health facility to be shut away. This is something that many nations are having to manage uh, with many cases confirmed outside of China. Including Australia, of course. As the number of infected people has grown, more and more dramatic steps have been taken. Many airlines suspending flights in and out of mainland China. And then for many countries, they have a responsibility to their citizens in the Hubei province, many sending in jets to evacuate them. And this has been Australia's plan, of course. Permission to do that is in the hands of Chinese officials. The US, the UK, Germany, Spain, India, France, New Zealand, Japan, Turkey, they're all countries along with Australia who have or will evacuate their citizens if possible. And then there are companies such as McDonald's, Starbucks who have shut down their locations in the region and across China more broadly, which raises the question of the economic and social implications of an epidemic like this, Claire. Markets work on confidence and certainty and something like this, particularly at the scale and in the region that we're seeing, it really knocks confidence. So it's yet to really be seen what the impact will be. But for nations like ours that have high numbers of tourists from China uh, or we have businesses that do a lot of business with them, there's definitely going to be an impact. And with viral outbreaks like this, we often see social problems such as racism. There's been a number of examples of anti-Chinese sentiment, particularly on social media, that's for sure. So for everyone listening, they're probably thinking like me, what is being done to find something that will stop this thing? Let's have a look back at the science now. 
Everything we've talked about so far, Claire, has been about preventing the spread of coronavirus. So what's needed to be done by our hotshot scientists to find a way to test for the virus and then a vaccine? Finding an effective test is really important because it means that you don't have to quarantine people unnecessarily and that really helps already stressed health services cope better. And then there's the race for a vaccine. Chinese officials have released the genetic code of this coronavirus very quickly. That information then helps scientists around the world to determine where the virus probably came from, how it might mutate as the outbreak develops and how to protect people against it. Uh, In fact, it was an Aussie lab that was the first outside of China to copy the virus, which is a really big step towards developing a vaccine. And how long could that take? Probably 12 months from the first outbreak to having a vaccine, and that's only if everything goes right. Uh, In the research and in the testing, of course, it has to have human tests to make sure that it's safe to use. So in the meantime, until there's a reliable test, people with symptoms will have to go into quarantine. So for those who contract the virus, many will actually recover. At what point are you free to head back out into the world? If you've had it and you've recovered and you're no longer contagious, you're good to go. That's already happened with a couple of the Aussie cases within a couple of weeks of confirmation to release. And finally, what about all these medical professionals who are working with patients? For example, we have a team of doctors and nurses heading to Christmas Island to treat those coming in from the Hubei province. How do they ensure they don't become infected? In China, there's already been a couple of examples of hospital workers who contracted the virus and died. That was in the early days, though, of the outbreak. Hospitals and health facilities, though, have really strict infectious disease protocols, so it should be okay. And that's your shortcut to coronavirus onto our recommendations. Each episode of Squiz Shortcuts, we recommend something we found useful as we researched the podcast. For me this time, there's an article by Quartz which talks about how the Chinese are actually building those couple of hospitals in a matter of days and it is fascinating. Mm. Bit of a sideshow to this, but (laughs) it's a fascinating one. Uh, For me, it's some guidelines about how to wash your hands. You have to wash your hands and there's a particular way to wash your hands and there's times that you should wash your hands. So there's a good article about how to do that. Wash your hands, people. That's the end of the story. (laughs) Thanks for listening in. If you like what you've heard, please tell people about our shortcuts. They're also available in written format on our website. You could also leave us a review, share a link on social. Just spreading the word helps us to grow. Plenty more episodes for you to have a listen to. Get on to that. Until next time.